You're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Don't be a juice bag. You're listening to Overflow on the Mic, a GGR mashup of epic proportions. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Overflow on the Mic. It's the mashup where it's MC Brooks and myself, Mike Lunsford, uh, where we do kind of the outside the ordinary thing uh, than the regular GGR Pirate Radio podcast. Normally on that, we just kind of sit around and we talk about nerdy and geeky things. Oh, but this time we have something super special for you. Guys, we have an interview. We have an interview with some podcasters that I would say are like on the same wavelength as us. Like when I, when I sent uh, one of their, um, one of their team, one of this podcasting team, uh, our mission statement of, you know, don't be a juice bag. Aaron said to me, she's like, Oh yeah, we're, we're totally in on this. So we wanted to kind of join forces. We wanted to bring them on, kind of learn a little bit about them, but kind of guy expose all of you guys out there to some other awesome podcasts that are out there that kind of have that same mentality that we do, that the inclusiveness, like the only thing that we're going to exclude is going to be when people are being assholes, basically. But we've got uh, the two podcasters from what is called uh, The Fick List, uh, and that is going to be Aaron and Alan. So welcome them to uh, to GGR Pirate Radio. Hey, guys, this is Aaron. Hi, I am Alan. And we're then, the of course, list. <laughs> you're the, the Fick List, yes. <laughs> I've also got helping me because it's overflow on the mic it's not just mike on the mic it's not just the overflow so who else do we have we have mc brooks aka say my name mike aka the third leg is that what we're doing there we go there we go it's not fun unless we're making a a dick euphemism okay Okay. i was i was trying to do the whole like because it's me it's mc and this uh this other guy who helped me find the website steve right so Mm -hmm. i was thinking of things that are three i was like a tripod and i was like me and steve Mm -hmm. are the first two and then i was like and then there's the third leg and i was like oh well now now that's a thing okay oh yeah I like how you were like, no, no, say my name. Say it right. <laughs> it's not just Quest, it's a tribe called Quest. <laughs> you got to say the whole thing. <laughs> so, guys, I want, I want to learn a little bit about this because I think anybody who has – who's nerdy and geeky at some point or another – They've gotten into the fan fiction realm. Um, in fact, one of the f- one of the first articles we ever wrote on GGR was um, I ended up taking the Star Wars prequels, and I was like, "What if these were, you know, not shitty?" And I rewrote them with Steve. Steve and I worked together, and we came up with a better, in our opinion, a better storyline that made it make more sense. It was a little more cohesive, those sorts of things. So I think everybody has kind of delved into this. Is this something that you guys have been doing, like, fan fiction for a while? Have you been doing this before? Or was it just something that you were like, man, this is super fascinating. I, we got to do a podcast about this. Um, I can start. I mean, for me, I started reading fan fiction when I was, like, 12 or 13. And I'm 27 now. So a long-ass time. <laughs> um, <laughs> I Yeah, so it was one of those things that I found in my teenage years. And then I refused to talk about, like, was profoundly embarrassed by it and didn't want anyone to know. I sort of started reading it on a website that is now defunct called Quizilla, um, which <laughs> was mostly, like really stupid personality quizzes in the early days of the internet and then became this like pat like this weird vehicle for fan fiction and it was mostly for like I was mostly in the realm of bandfic, what is called bandfic, where I was like very into reading fan fiction of like Green Day and Fall Out Boy and like Wait, all of those hang on. like hang yeah. on, pause. Wait, uh-huh. there's fan fiction for bands. Yeah. Oh absolutely. Did, yeah, absolutely. Oh, so I'm the asshole that doesn't know about this? Like... Uh-huh. <laughs> um, yeah, so basically that was where I started. And then 
over the course of time, the fan fiction internet world kind of shifted. Um, Quizilla went out and then there's a website called fanfiction.net that was a big one for a while. And then the mo- the main website now is Archive of Our Own. So I have definitely been reading fan fiction a long time and Alan can speak to his own experience, but it was um, one of the things that he and I sort of bonded over in like a really geeky way um, in our adulthood and decided while we were doing a totally different podcast that we should do a second podcast on <laughs> fan fiction. Um, and it actually happened, which was kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, kind of similarly, I, I came to fan fiction when I was like 12, 13 um, and I'm 25 now. So I started not with fanfic. I was actually in the anime circuit, which is an entirely different like animal. It's an entire beast of its own. Um, But yeah, I think uh, much like Aaron, this is something that like once once you reach a certain like there's a certain stigma that surrounds fan fiction and you can't really like freely talk about it without getting judged a little bit even when aaron and i've like when i, I think i was the one who's, who's mentioned fan fiction of some sort and aaron is like wait you read fan fiction and i was like oh she's about to judge me but then we just <laughs> went <laughs> we went all out and we had like a full-on two-hour conversation about what this could be and despite being super stressed with the first podcast we're like you know what sounds like a great idea let's have a second podcast yeah nice it's it's funny that story that you guys tell because there was a similar um like I call it stepbrothers moment like the movie with Will Ferrell and John C. Riley where they yeah. both they hate each other and then they and then they realize that they became best friends. Yep. Um that was M, that was MC and I when we both were talking about bands that we love and like yeah. simultaneously we both were like oh well there's this band that you probably never heard of they're from Iceland they're called Korashi and he was like wait fuck I like them too. I was like no shit and then we just like yeah just like we just poured our hearts out cuz like like you said it's it's one of those things where even though in the world we live in now, being geeky and nerdy is not a big deal. It's actually really cool. Like in fact, it, it's it's become commonplace for people to admit these things. But there's still that lingering little bit of doubt of I don't want to tell somebody this because they're gonna think I'm lame. But mm-hmm. like, yeah, that that is one of the best feelings in the world. Like when you when you can open up about how nerdy you are about something and like yeah, it's 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 the and only good things come from that after that. Oh yeah, totally agreed. And I think um. Ever since we started doing this podcast, I have been so much more willing to just be like, all right, this is it. This is like a big part of my life. We're all going to talk about it. I had to explain fan fiction to my mother. It was a whole experience. (laughs) Um, But like I've decided to be like, fuck it. It's not embarrassing. Like I'm not embarrassed by this. And so many people in my life since I have talked about this podcast are like, oh, I read that too. Or, oh, yeah, like, I don't necessarily read fan fiction all the time, but, like, yeah, cool, like, great, like, let me listen to your podcast. So there's this whole sort of, like, keeping it close to the vest mentality with it. I think particularly fan fiction, even more so than just sort of general nerdiness, is considered sort of, like, taboo or a thing you don't talk about. Um, But ever since I've sort of talked about it more openly, so many more people are like, yes, (laughs) we're here for this. This is great. Like, I'm glad you were the one to start the conversation, but, like, let's talk about it. Yeah, there is certainly a, a level of like um, bravery that comes with admitting, like being the first one to be like, so you you like this thing too? Yeah, mm-hmm. sweet. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> we came out of the fan fiction closet is what I like to say. And I get to say that because I am a queer woman. So <laughs> hey, fair enough. If it makes you feel better, my recording studio is actually my closet in my apartment. So. <laughs> so to podcast i actually go into the closet so there's that so <laughs> very metaphorical yeah in a way right because it is yeah like you kind of have to hide your shame a little bit with podcasting yeah. <laughs> mc you had a question uh yeah um how would you guys say that the fanfic community has changed since the early days to like now Alan, do you want to start since I started the last one? Oh, sure. We're taking turns. Love it. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I think that the, it's... Um... No, no, I don't want to start, Aaron. I don't want okay. to start. Okay, <laughs> I can do it. We're good. I decided. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> I just don't want to talk over you, friendo. Um, okay, so... The interesting thing about fan fiction is that it's actually existed for a very, very long time. Um, and it, the sort of modern era of fan fiction starts with Star Trek in the 60s and 70s. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So basically, 
it was also predominantly women um, basically writing fan fiction and sharing zines and sharing little things sort of IRL um, in fandom communities. But this was before the internet was a readily available, like well, well, well before the internet came into play. Um, so the shift to a more digital space with fan fiction, I think is one of the most profoundly interesting parts of fanfic history. I think back when I first started fan fiction, it came out of a lot of, um, I would say more like RPG model where people were role playing online and, you know, writing stories on that. And then there was a separate community with like live journal where people were writing chaptered stories and posting that way, but there wasn't much cohesiveness in the way that fan fiction was distributed. So you kind of fell into your little pocket and then you just kind of stayed there. So I've read a whole bunch of stuff on Quizilla cause that's where I fell, but there was a whole like what pad and live journal, like all of those communities were sort of separate over the course of time, um, through a sort of series of events, mostly to do with actually copyright law, um, people have moved fanfiction to Archive of Our Own, which is a um, nonprofit hosted website with extensive tagging and um, cataloging capabilities. So it's all kind of compiling in one place now, more so than um, before. And I think that has shifted the fan fiction community to be very sort of um, cohesive, particularly in the way that it talks about fan fiction and it's um, like labeling of it and stuff like fan fiction has its own sort of language around categories and tagging and all these things that like when you, the more you time you spend with it, the more you understand it and sort of don't realize that you're speaking in jargon sometimes. So I think that's the biggest shift that I've seen over time since before when I started to now is that sort of like cohesiveness of availability online um, particularly with Archive of Our Own, which is such an incredible resource for fanfic in general um, and also just creative life in general. I would also throw in that uh, I've seen a, with like the uptick in social media, like there's a lot of uh, fans' voices are being heard a lot more, particularly by showrunners and creators. Mm -hmm. You see a lot of like people seeing, oh, fan art of, you know, of their characters, but also fan fiction is like leading that charge a lot. I think that we've seen a, um, a surge in how outspoken people can be about the things they are passionate about. Um, and often, and there are times when that outspokenness really dictates the, the decisions that showrunners make or that uh, creators will do in order to like, you know, Oh, I hadn't thought about that. Or this is what we know the fans want. And, you know, sometimes they will hear that and still be like, fuck you guys. But yeah, at least like they're being heard. Yeah, no, yeah, that's for true. Sure. And like you mentioned something and I want to ask you, too, because um, one of the terms that started um, in the fan fiction community that has become like commonplace now for like just the whole overall nerd community is shipping. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and like it's what other terms are there? Because I'm curious, like what other <laughs> terms are there where it's like jargon where it's like, no, no, no I can't <laughs> say that I have to actually explain what that means if I'm going to write this. It's so funny you ask that because I end up having to explain fanfiction terminology to, to Alan basically every episode. Um, it's true. I think it's, I mean, it's a hard question to ask because it's one of those things where you just kind of see it. Like fanfiction is such a, it's a written thing. So when you kind of go into archive of our own or fanfiction.net, like you realize that there's a cadence and a, you know, tags and things. But I think, you know, things like AUs, I think the categories of fanfiction are often kind of specific or niche and they don't necessarily translate to the ways that we categorize other media. So like movies might be horror or rom-com or, um, you know, whatever other genre they might fall into comedies with fanfic. You're looking at more terminologies about, you know, the kind of feeling they elicit rather than the narrative structure of them. So you see things okay. like hurt comfort or angst or fluff as descriptors that actually tell you significantly what the fan fiction is going to be about before you ever sort of read into it. Like you can filter. I definitely want to read like a fluff fic because I'm just looking for cuddling right now and that's all I want. Um, or, you know, I really want to read like sick fic or whatever it is where somebody's taking care of somebody else. Those categories I think are really specific to fan fiction. And if you don't know that going in, you're like, wait, what, what does that mean? Um, and there can be very niche ones and then there can be very broad ones. Um, Tell them about Wump. What's Wump? Um, stop it. Why do you do this to me? <laughs> so uh, Wump is when you really like, uh, you basically just like 
your character's suffering endlessly because it's and then there's like there, there's comfort involved like alan likes to make fun of me for it because it's kind of embarrassing but uh so like wump is a word that you're not going to hear outside of there but like you know that kind of stuff is really specific um, i'm trying to think of other oh if you're going to go down this path of like trying to traumatize each other um we can talk about the term squick Oh, tell me what it is. Yeah, please. (laughs) Okay, so we're just going to go for it. Fan fiction is often overtly sexual, right? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. All all the stuff stuff that gets shared with me, well, not all the stuff. Most of the stuff that gets shared with me is the stuff that's like deeply troubling sexual. It's like, wow, why? Why is why are they sexualizing Santa Claus? Okay. <laughs> okay. Like so I hear you. That I understand your hesitation there. That is kind of a thing. But what I would say to you is that like the way you can frame that is actually I think this terminology is kind of old and outdated, but I like it a lot. Where if somebody likes a thing but you don't, right? You say, oh, that squicks me, or this particular like kink that they're writing about in fan fiction or whatever. Oh, that squicks me. Like, oh, I'm get I feel get a squicky feeling off of it. And it basically just means like, uh, it's not my jam, but like there's no judgment in the space that it's oh, yeah. your jam. Um, oh, and I sure. love that yeah. terminology, no. but Alan yeah. hates that word. <laughs> I, I love what it stands for, but God, is that word like not good? <laughs> it's like the word, it's like the word moist. Uh-huh. It's just like yeah. <laughs> sometimes it elicits a, a response that we can't control. It's just like yeah. I can the SQ. I get that. Like where it's kind of like, <laughs> oh, that doesn't sound good. But yeah, no, that's a great thing because, yeah. Hey, if that's your thing. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, like, I'm not, like, you know, if you got a thing for Santa Claus, you know, hey, cool. Like, um, if you've ever seen the movie uh, Bad Santa, um, Lauren mm. Graham's character in that movie had a sexual fetish for guys dressed up like Santa Claus. Good for her, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it just like, squeaks me, like, no. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> not my jam. I mean, maybe it's because I'm Jewish, I don't know, but, like... <laughs> Um, yeah, no, exactly. And like, that's, that's one of the things, that's why I was so interested in what you guys had to say. Cause the podcast that I have listened to every single thing that you've, you've talked about as far as fan fiction, you're never just like, Oh, this is absolute dog shit. This is the worst. This is fucking horrible. Like there's at least the understanding that somebody was really passionate about this when they were writing it. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I love that there's no, there's very little negativity from you guys. And that is, that is super difficult in this world because unfortunately, and MC and I have, have talked about this at, at great length on our podcast, negativity sells and people yeah. love it. People love yeah. when you make fun of other people. People love when you're, when you're just mean or rude in general, like it's, it's just one of those things. It's if you look at like the most popular YouTube channels, a lot of them are pieces of shit. Basically yeah. guys were just yep. mean and rude and assholes. And the fact that you're standing by what you believe, you're like, this is the thing that I love and we're not going to shit on people for it is, is admirable. And it's one of the things that like really impressed me with what you guys do. Mm. We yeah. appreciate that. Yeah. I think that was, that was one of the biggest talking points during our initial conversation about fan fiction is the, is I was telling Aaron, you know, I've I've listened to I listen to a lot of podcasts and including I was looking for a podcast where people just talk about fan fiction. Yeah. Um, but oftentimes what I found, I think 90 percent of podcasts about fan fiction are people reading fan fiction. And of that and of those 90 percent, it's like another 95 percent of people are just like, oh, we found the weirdest and strangest yeah. fan fiction. So you guys don't have to. And it's like, well. Yeah, there's a lot of fan fiction out there that is not written well or is written by a 13 year old or some, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But if you like if you stay stay with it, if you look for other fan fiction, that 13 year old writer could have grown up to be a 16 year old writer who has written beautiful work. Yeah. And and that's a that's a really good point, too, because think about like when you were a kid and the thing that you loved. And, And Aaron, you mentioned this, too, that like you didn't want to admit it because you were afraid of how people would respond and like, just imagine how different things would have been for you if you had been able to readily admit this is something that I absolutely love and I'm not ashamed to talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. because that's 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 so much of and we're in we talked about it already, but so much that is being undone in our mm-hmm. society now. And it's 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 fucking awesome. Yeah, we also decided really early on that this podcast was going to come from a place of sincerity and yeah. positivity like that was a deciding factor right off the bat like we were i mean i can be a little critical um but (laughs) mostly when you haven't eaten 
mostly. I usually <laughs> feed Alan while we're recording, and then I'm, I've eaten, and then I'm nicer for the second half of whatever we're doing. Um, Hangry is a real emotion. I get it. It yeah. is real, for sure. <laughs> but like in all seriousness, I was like, I am not here to shit on anyone who is putting this out into the world out of the goodness of their heart, because it's not like people are making money on fan fiction. Like, this is like this is something that somebody's passionate about and doing because they love it and like far be it for me to shit on anybody's enthusiasm like that in any way that isn't coming from a place of like well if they were to do this like i think it could be a stronger story or something like that like taking it seriously without necessarily going like too hard like we don't want to take it too seriously because it is fanfic but right you know we wanted to come from a place of really respecting the authors who are taking the time and energy to put out this stuff that we enjoy reading so much um there are fan fictions out there that i think compete in terms of um you know compared to a full-length novel that could get published like there are authors out there that have made me absolutely lose my shit in terms of a narrative and the way that they write um I sent Alan a magician's fanfic uh, that broke both of us for like a while. (laughs) It was just so well done. Yeah, I think that's today's. It might be our longest episode. And for a good third or two thirds of it, I am just a sobbing mess in the background as she retells the story. Yeah, for sure. So like that, that sincerity was always where we were coming from. And I think it was important to us both because we didn't want to shit on this thing that we both sincerely love so much. Yeah, ab- yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. MC. Yeah. Well, I was going to follow up with that and say, uh, I mean, a big thing that we stand for here is me and Mike are staunchly anti gatekeeping. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. we, mm-hmm. we hate that so very much. I, I feel like it, it comes up on almost every podcast that we do at some point because we're, we're so against it. Like we want, people to be able to openly just like the things they like, enjoy the things they enjoy. And as long as you're not, you know, completely dumping on someone else's, you know, fandom or whatever, then the people should, it should be allowed to, to um, people should be allowed to like the things they like. Mm-hmm. Um, do you, do you all see, come across a lot of gatekeeping nowadays when you're finding new fan fiction? I don't think fan fiction lends itself well to gatekeeping, um, if only because a lot of the time, unless you're us and you are hosting a <laughs> podcast where you're sending each other stuff from shows you haven't seen yet, which is always funny, um, you are seeking it out because it's a thing that you love already, right? So you're mm-hmm. not, yeah, you're not like, and it's also very much like a solo venture <laughs> most of the time. Like people aren't like reading, aren't like necessarily talking about fan fiction or like sharing it with others. So I don't know that gatekeeping comes up in the fanfic community. Alan, am I wrong in that? Do you think? I don't know. I don't think you're wrong necessarily as far as fan like reading fan fiction. I think that it, where it might come into play is when you get into like forums or like mm. Tumblr conversations. There's a lot of discourse oftentimes. I don't know. I have never come across uh, gatekeeping like straight on but i think that you know people who write fan fiction can get really passionate about things as we all do about the things we like and so sometimes um you know we argue very passionately but i don't think it comes from a a place of oh i i know everything and you're wrong Mm. yeah i think there's also a difference between a fandom space and a fanfic space in some ways like right I think it would be very difficult for me to like watch one episode. Let's go with a show that I have never seen. Um, I'm trying to think of one that we're, that's like super duper popular. Um, Well, I mean, I've seen a couple episodes, but I'm not like super familiar with all the nuances. Uh, We'll go with Dr. Who. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to, I'm not going to write Dr. Who fanfic. And if I did, it would make me an asshole because (laughs) I don't know enough about it, but like that, that would be gatekeeping. Like, let's say I watched one episode of Dr. Who and I absolutely fell in love and I was like, you know, it'd be great as if it was like this and I wrote it and then other people read it and they were like, well, obviously this person doesn't know anything about Dr. Who and they, they tear it to pieces Mm. with, with writing. It's a little bit different, but like if somebody's like, Hey, I'm new to the fandom and I got this cool Dr. Who shirt and then somebody comes up to them and they're like, Oh yeah, you're a Dr. Who fan. Well name your five favorite doctors right now. And, uh, yeah. yeah, like you're not going to get that with fanfic. It's kind of built into it. It, it has yeah. kind of its own yeah. defense mechanism for the most part. Yeah, I think so. Um, that's not to say that fandom spaces can't become somewhat toxic sometimes. And that's always really unfortunate um, with any fandom space. You end up with people who decide that they are somehow the arbiters of what is and isn't true fandom and what ships are appropriate. I think what I see more actually now that I think of it is a lot of people 
um, calling certain ships or tropes problematic as a way to basically like shut down people who are writing things that they don't like, which I mean that there's a weird sort of purity backlash culture happening online right now that is odd. Um, so that I think is that I hope stops because it's very frustrating because I'm like, no, I know that, you know, there are people who get really up in people for their ships and I'm like, all right, they're, they're two fictional people who are like, boning on the couch like leave it alone stop it right. <laughs> <laughs> chill that, that might be might be my favorite quote like <laughs> people boning it. on a couch like yeah like let people have their fun stop it yeah it's the the one that the one that always comes to mind that became a big deal was well actually there's two now that i'm thinking of it is when they try to assign sexuality to a character um or switch their sexuality so for instance captain america Mm-hmm. At one point, there was a big discussion, and I'm assuming it's, it was from the fanfic community, um, about trying to make Captain America gay. And, like, I just kind of watching it and seeing how it played out, I was like, I don't really care if, they, if that's what they want to do and they think that that's going to be a good story. Because that's, that's the only thing I care about. Is, is it going to be interesting? Is it going to make sense? I don't care mm-hmm. if you make him gay. Cool. Whatever. Like, why should it matter? That's my big thing. But like there was a huge backlash. Well, Captain America has never been gay. The precedent doesn't make sense and yada, yada, yada. And then they did the same thing with Elsa from Frozen. They were like, well, Elsa should be. And I was like, okay. And like, maybe I just don't understand. I mean, and and you got, please correct me if I'm wrong on this. Is this really, because honestly, like from, from my perspective, it looks like this is just the LGBTQ community looking for representation, which there is nothing wrong with that at all. Is that really where this is coming from? Is that they, they want a mainstream character to kind of latch onto? Just in your opinion, I'm not like looking for like parenthetical fact here. So yeah, my opinion is, yeah, that's where that comes from is like, I mean, fan fiction is an overwhelmingly queer space and always has been. Um, Even from the earliest days of Star Trek, like it has always been like first and foremost a queer space. And I think that's really important to remember when you're talking about that culture is that a lot of the people who consume or write fan fiction are doing so because mainstream culture is heteronormative and we don't see ourselves reflected in those stories in a way that feels authentic. I mean, I we're sick of watching characters like us die every time that we, you know, show up and we never get a happy ending. So it can be actually really revolutionary for somebody to be writing stories and putting them out that are, you know, queer focused. And, you know, you just kind of end up, you know, happy with your boyfriend or whatever, your girlfriend, your partner, you know, with a dog like that, that that shit is revolutionary to me. So I think a lot of that push for more representation in mainstream media, just kind of going back to what Alan was saying about the access people have to connect with showrunners, executives, um, people who are writing these stories, there is that demand that comes for it. And now there's a connection um, from the fans themselves to be like, hey, we want to hold you accountable to like telling stories that show more than just what we've already seen a thousand times over. So yeah. I guess, yeah, I guess it's kind of come from fandom spaces and stuff like that. And I certainly live, I I fully think that Elsa would be a fantastic asexual queen. Um, yes. Like I live by that mantra, but you know, that's just me. <laughs> um, so I would, I was just going to say, I totally agree. Cause like I'm watching this movie that's meant for families and kids. Um, why does it have to be sexualized? Hmm. So asexual is perfect. Yeah. I mean, mean, my counter to that is that like everything has an element of like, so human sexuality is part of everyday life and whether you like it or not, everything has an element of sexuality to it. Like every Disney princess that ends up with a prince, like that's a a heterosexual relationship. No, you're absolutely correct. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like what is what is so wrong about a Disney princess who ends up with a girl or, you know, you know what I mean? So I'm like, come on guys. Like, yeah, whatever. Like everything is heteronormative. So let's push on that a little bit. Alan, what were you going to say? Cause I think I talked over you a little bit. They're fine. Um, I, I would also point out that there are instances um, where, where showrunners or creators or certain shows will start what is called queer baiting. That's a term that has risen in popularity, unfortunately in the last few years, but it's been happening for like, as long as TV has been around okay. and it's, 
it's the thought of um of, of showrunners like appealing to queer people with like oh maybe this character like there's some tension between this male character and his like basketball teammate will they won't <laughs> they will they won't they and so that's how you draw in the queer viewers without ever having to explicitly say oh yes this is a queer character and so a lot of people are left with that yearning with that feeling of being like cheated like yeah. well I feel, you know, I, I think that would be another place where that outspokenness would come from as people kind of like I've been burnt before. So now I just like I want to make sure that like, hey, is this or is this not? Yeah, mm. I and I and let me clarify, too, like with, with I totally see what you guys are saying about like the, the heteronormative side of things, because if you break down Anna and Elsa, Anna's got this, you know, oh, now she's going to be married to Kristoff and like it's a whole thing. And like, mm-hmm. yeah, like it. That's just like a given. That's just like, oh, this is the the default. That's what we expect. So like there is no problem at all whatsoever. But when you mentioned the fact that you're like, why can't you just be an asexual queen? I was like that from my perspective, that's kind of the way all of them should be is it doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be like the the little kid mindset. Like, and I hate when adults do this, where it's like, if a boy has a female friend when they're like five or six, they're like, Oh, is that your girlfriend? No. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. like they're just friend. They're, there's somebody that they're, I would, I was about to say Thundercats, but little kids don't play that anymore. That's what I played. When I was like six. <laughs> no, they're just playing Thundercats, dude. It's cool. It's not a relationship thing. Like it's, I, I want it. Part of our message is, is I want everybody to feel included. And if that means that, mm-hmm. like, you have to take a main character, because nothing pisses me off more than when they're like, when you hear f- fans say, well, why do you have to make this person gay? Why can't you just create a brand new character? Well, because a brand new character doesn't already have this, like, history. They're not a mainstream pedestal character. Like, if they announced tomorrow that Wonder Woman was gay, do you have any? That would be huge, because she's mm-hmm. the, the big three. It's, it's Batman, right. Superman, Wonder Woman. Like, but they'll never do that because they know that there's this really weird, freakish obsession that everybody has with Wonder Woman's sexuality, with all of the characters' sexuality, where it's right. like, mm-hmm. if we change that, then, oh, my God, that changes everything. Because no person has ever been like, yeah, I'm straight, but, you know, a few years later, now I'm feeling a little bit different because that's never happened ever. <laughs> really? That's definitely not exactly what happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely wasn't like, oh, hey, maybe straight people don't think about am I straight as much as I think about that question. <laughs> maybe that should have informed some decision making in my youth. I have um, I have some friends who um, they said now my childhood makes a lot of sense. When, uh-huh. It's like the Marge Simpson where it says I think they're neat. But it's like me as a little girl when my friends are like, well, why do you think that this really awesome, strong female character mm-hmm. is so interesting? And why are you so fascinated with them? I don't know. I just think they're neat. Like, it's, <laughs> yeah. and no. they were like, that explains so much now as an adult. Like, yeah, sometimes yeah, it's truly. easier to see in retrospect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is, and, and if, if you guys both have an answer, um, that's cool. Or if you have a shared one, what is the wildest, most off the wall fan fiction you guys have read where you're just like, what the fuck is this? I can't stop reading it though. Mm. Uh, well, this was not for the – or do you mean on the podcast or just like in general that we have come across? You can give me both. You can give me one that you guys have <laughs> talked about on the podcast. You guys can give me one that you haven't even shared on the podcast because you're like, this is batshit insane. Well, I will tell you one that I came across in my research where I was looking for a, a fic for the podcast. Um, I don't recall the name. Um, it was very well written. <laughs> it was a One Direction fanfic <laughs> okay. where Harry Styles um, – gets sucked into a alternate dimension with demons where louis tomlinson is like the head demon or something and harry styles has a like h play kink so <laughs> louis tomlinson puts him in a diaper and he has like this whole crib and he gets like feedings and he gets burped and the whole time it's you know it's it's not my thing but i was like this is well written I I am so interested to see where this will go. Who what is the end game? So <laughs> it was a it was an interesting journey. Um and then it ended with it, it ended with like, oh, I ran out of things to say. So cool. I was like, wow, well, thank you for the two hours I'll never get back. But Alan, that was such a journey that we just went on together. <laughs> I, I hope I bookmarked it somewhere because at some point I, I want to go back. I want to yeah. know more about this band fix. So like, it's yeah. not yeah. just like, okay. 
And then, Aaron, you can tell me about the craziest one that you guys that you've read. Um, I have nothing that will compete with that. Okay. Right. <laughs> nothing. So, so we're just talking about like it's not like hey they were paying, playing this awesome concert and you know one of their amps died. It's not like that. We're talking about mm-hmm. like they put them in different situations. Like mm-hmm. apparently, One Direction can time travel and 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 can can go into different dimensions with demons and baby fetishes and all sorts of other shit. Like that. That's what we're talking about, right? Like Billy Joe oh, yeah. Armstrong from mm-hmm. Green Day is all of a sudden in a gay throuple with the lead singer from Offspring and uh, the guy who played fiddle from Yellow Card. Like, that kind of stuff? <laughs> yeah, and they go to the farmer's market and, like, bake all oh, the okay. bread. And, like, yeah, it's a thing. No, so, I mean, really, it's it's the internet. So if you can think it, there's fic of it. Like, I guarantee it. Um, and I what think it's the, a... It's mm-hmm. Rule 34, I think, or something? Yeah, yeah something like that. Well, rule 34 um, is porn. Yeah, it applies to fanfic too. Yeah, it's know. like Rule Thirty Five right. or something. Yeah, it's the, it's, it's the subset of Rule Thirty Four. It's the you know written fine print part of it. Um, yeah, so with fanfic and it falls under a category. This is another terminology thing of RPF, which is, stands for real person fiction or real people fiction, okay. where you're writing about real people but in fictionalized situations. And yeah. RPF is somewhat controversial for a wide variety of reasons but it basically boils down to you don't want to make the person you're writing fic feel feel uncomfortable because that could be a really uncomfortable thing to experience as a person versus you know someone's characters being put in new situations or things like that so i think um rpf has a very long and storied history i think it's always been a part of uh fan fiction culture and i think we could go into a whole like hour long discussion of RPF and the nuances of it, but banfic falls under RPF in that you are literally writing about real people like the real green day or whatever. Um, and writing stories about them as if they were just characters that you were like writing a story about. We, we literally did this when I was in high school with professional Mm -hmm. wrestlers where (laughs) we like, we literally just like extrapolated like their characters and like made them live real lives. Like, like the undertaker would go home and he had like a cat and the cat would like jump up on his lap and he would like look real angry for a second. And then he would be like, I missed you, Mr. Snuggles and like pet him. (laughs) And like, this is the kind of shit that we would do because we thought we were funny, but like, it's you wrote like wrestler. You wrote fan fiction. Yeah. We we totally wrote wrestler fan fiction and it was ridiculous. And like, I wish I could find it now. (laughs) Of course. Yeah. So, I mean, there's also fan fiction. Like, um, Alan has sent me fic featuring characters from video games, um, from, Mm -hmm. I mean, all sorts of sources. I mean, actors, actresses, like, yeah, you can kind of fic anything. There's a really good one from, um, it was, uh, X-Men first class was the movie. And then mm. I'm going to see if I can find the YouTube video of it. But what they did was they basically made a love story out of Charles Xavier and Magneto yes. um, falling in yes. love. And it's set to the tune of Fix You by Coldplay. Um, and it's <laughs> I just, live for a good fan vid. I live, and it's, I live. And it's fantastic. Let me see if I can find it. Let me see. Professor X. It's fantastic. <laughs> hey, there. I'm so we sorry. Love, we love puns. <laughs> yeah. All right, let me see if I can find it because it was just it was so friggin' wonderful, and I don't even know if I can find it. They actually it was so good that they played it on uh, Conan O'Brien when they had James McAvoy and Michael Fassbender on, and it was just outstanding. Amazing. <laughs> let me see if I can find it. It doesn't matter. We'll move on. Yeah. <laughs> it's, somewhere. it's somewhere. Send it to us later. <laughs> yeah, I know. Wait a minute. Hang on. I think I found it. Hang on. Is this it? Oh, yep. This is it. Found it. Okay. Sharing this in the chat. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen out there, uh, I'll share the link in our liner notes here so you guys can enjoy this. (laughs) You're welcome. Mm -hmm. Okay. There we go. No, Charles, don't. No. Okay, sorry. Um, (laughs) Watching the video. had my moment there. Um, Aaron, was there one that you saw that you were just like – that you read it and you were just like, this is, this is nuts. Like I've never seen anything like this or one that you, th- those are the other ones too. I love ones when you first start reading, you're like, there's no way this is going to be good. And then you're just mm-hmm. like, holy shit, this is good. Like it just yeah. blows you away. I'm trying to think because I mean, most of the time for me, I don't find myself gravitating towards fan fictions that are really crazy. Um, what I would call crack fic. Um, not my jam which is fine i tend to go for the like farmer's market (laughs) um i'm trying to think um that's fantastic though now i'm just thinking of like that like having like two villain uh, uh, like a hero and a villain meet each other and they're like 
there was an old Looney Tunes cartoon mm-hmm. where it was a as a wolf and a sheepdog, right? And the sheepdog's supposed to be protecting the flock, and the wolf's trying to eat the sheep. But what it was is they treated it like they were employees. So they like they're friends and they're chit chatting and stuff like that. And then, then when they clock in, then they're enemies. <laughs> and then like once they clock out, they're like, oh man, that was a rough day. Like that's that's the kind of fan fiction that I be like populate in my head it'll be like mm. it'll be like superman and lex luther like you know but after lex's plan fails they're like hey so you want to go grab some pancakes or something oh yeah that'd be great like and they're just sitting there like chatting together like yeah the farmer's market makes me think of that so yeah i'm trying so hard to think of one um i sent alan a fanfic to, that we talked about i think in our crack fake episode where um from mm. the new star i'm gonna i think do you remember this the star wars mm-hmm. okay so there's a star wars fan fiction out there and it's called accidental catification um and the conceit is that poe finn and ray are in an established poly couple like relationship situation and um Fantastic. and <laughs> kylo ren turns ray into a cat <laughs> With the force, because <laughs> that's just like a thing that the force can do. Sure, then, why the fuck not, right? Yeah, sure. And then the boys have to just like take care of her until she stops being a cat for a while, and it's just very silly and joyous. I kind of love when fan fiction like gets weird, but it's still really deeply enjoyable. Like I enjoyed that fic. I thought it was great. <laughs> it was, I thought, it was I, a good time. Yeah. So like, I kind of love when that happens. I think one of the things that is cool about fan fiction is that basically no rules you can kind of do whatever you want so um I, I don't necessarily go for the really really out there stuff and that's kind of the only one that comes to mind but um i yeah i love i love really weird shit <laughs> i think it's great that that's actually that's the thruple concept of of uh ray poe and finn has been around since the first oh, new yeah. star wars movie since um um, Force, Awakens. The Force Awakens. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was a meme that went around, and it was um, it was Ray introducing um, everybody, and she was like, "Oh, I'm Ray, and this is my boyfriend Finn, and this is his boyfriend Poe." And like, <laughs> I was like, "That's accurate. Yes, yeah." That's, that's a direct call out from Parks and Rec, right? Like, that's yeah. the April Ludgate and uh, whatever when she had those two boyfriends early on in the series before she gets with Andy. Yeah. Mm, yeah that's what that's from okay yeah <laughs> just checking yeah yeah that's the other thing too is like i'm sure that you guys see a lot of that too there, is, is there a lot of mashup stuff that you see with the fanfics that you guys read um i tend to avoid them because oftentimes i'm not very i'm not i don't i'm not good at watching tv it aggravates me so oftentimes if there i, I have enough trouble sticking to what one fandom and like knowing the rules and whose character and what they mean in this fandom. And if you throw in a second one, I just get more confused. Yeah. (laughs) And for some reason, I I just don't read, I don't read crossover fic basically at all. Yeah. But it is a very big, it is Mm -hmm. a very, there's a very big market for it. Especially with Harry Potter. I've noticed. Yeah. Harry Potter's a big one. Yeah. For crossover. What has been so that, like of of the of the shipping that you guys have seen, what's the most unexpected one that you that you saw and and what you guys have come across? Oh, I have one immediately. There is a uh, we did a tag called Cinderella AU, which is essentially what it sounds like. It's just a you know any story that was written with the Cinderella like fairy tale in mind and follows that pattern. Yeah. Um, and I send it to <laughs> I think I sent it I sent this to you right, Aaron, where it's. Um, where it was Harry Potter, it was a Harry Potter fic with Harry Potter being Cinderella and uh, Tom Riddle being mm-hmm. the prince. Yep, I remember this. <laughs> and just that whole like thought process of, oh yeah, let's just take the boy who lived with and put him in a type of romantic relationship with the man who murdered his parents and then terrorized the wizarding world. Yeah, that was a fun episode. That was one of those ones where I had to be very nice <laughs> because that that pairing to me was what I would call a no TP. <laughs> um, are you familiar with the term uh, OTP or one true pairing? Um, not really, but please, yeah. Cool. I'd love to I'm just gonna it. teach all of you all these fan fiction terms. So uh, in fanfic, an OTP is basically your ship to end all ships. It's the one that like you will always go back to. Mine's Quelliot from the Magicians. Like, <laughs> I I put myself on the line for that ship, and I will read anything you send me, and I'll just be happy about it. Um, but 
and no TP by comparison is a ship where you're just like, nope, I'm noping the fuck out of there. I'm not about it. <laughs> and that was, yeah, Harry Potter and Voldemort was a nope TP for me. It just doesn't make sense. Like... No, it, no, I was like, no, 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 no. Um, yeah. yeah, that's a good example of it, though, Alan. Um, yeah. I mean, again, I don't, I don't go out of my way to seek out the crazy. So I'm trying to think of a good pairing. I'm trying to think of one that doesn't sound like it should work but it does or i'll give you even one that like it, i'm not looking for like mind-blowing here like yeah, no. some some are just satisfying like there's one mm. from um the cw Arrowverse. Mm-hmm. i never i never thought that oliver should have been with felicity it just didn't mm-hmm. make sense i feel like mm-hmm. oliver should have been with um laurel like they just made more sense but honestly instead of barry being with iris barry and felicity should have been together like i I, I ship that all day. Like they just made way more sense together. And that would have been like, if that had happened and like existed and actually became a thing instead of Oliver, just like brooding all the time and Felicity, just like fawning over him because he was shirtless half the time. Like that would have been so much more satisfying in my mind. I would have like, I, I probably would have stood up and applauded if it had happened. <laughs> What's interesting too, in that, in that scenario is that's actually a, a scenario where uh, fan reaction impacted the show. Because the fan reaction to Felicity was so great that they gave her a much larger role than she was originally supposed to have. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. I did not know that. Yeah. And initially, she was like just kind of like a... Yeah, she was just a the one-off. tech girl. Yeah. Yeah. I always, um, I was very briefly into The Flash. Like, I watched, I think, the first two seasons of it, and then they got into the whole, like, Savitar multiple timeline thing, and I was just, I can't yeah. follow it anymore, and I was like, I'm out, bye. <laughs> um, but... I always really liked um, Barry with uh, what's Captain Cold guy, Leonard Snart. Is that his name? Leonard Snart. Yeah, I w- I love thick of them together because I think that villain hero dynamic is always so fascinating. So and I he's guess kind that... of a weird antihero too. He's yeah he's a villain, but he's also yeah. That's an interesting yeah. one. Wow. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'll always go for the villains, but like that's yeah, that's kind of an oddball one where you're just, like seemingly oddball and then you p- pick it apart a little bit. And it kind of actually works great. Yeah, because he ends up like if I remember correctly, MC, correct me if I'm wrong on this one. Snart ends up essentially becoming a hero in the end. Yeah, uh, he he dies at the end of uh, Legends, uh, basically becoming a hero. And he has to sacrifice to save uh, save all these people he spent the entire season not caring about until the end. Oh, spoilers we love it we love to hear it <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah oh man i'm looking i had one that i wanted to go over with you guys um oh the batman one let's talk about that one real quick oh, you guys yeah. get a chance to read that oh my god yes kind of i started reading it and then we got to okay. talking and i can't do two things at once i same <laughs> right i try so hard and then like like, for instance, when you guys are talking and I'm, like, looking stuff up, I'll, like, you'll say something and then I might even ask you a question and you just answered it and I feel like an asshole. So <laughs> <laughs> I try so hard to multitask, but, like, as I've learned, you, you can't. No. I have cut so much time out of podcast, our podcast episodes of me yep. just, like, blatantly not listening to Alan and repeating what he just said. <laughs> I'm like, I'm so sorry. I wasn't I, listening to you. <laughs> I used to do I, I used to do that a lot. And then like I got to a point where I was like, Yeah, fuck it. Like let's just leave it in. And like it's it, it, it we, we call it the diner a lot of times because it's just us sitting around and having a conversation like you would have with your friends at a diner. Like I mean if if I mean you mentioned you guys were involved in theater. If like you were did theater when you were like younger, when you were in like high school, after every show like your your rap party was at a diner of some sort. If you grew up in the Northern Virginia area, it was probably the Silver Diner. Like everybody seemed to go there uh, for their rap parties. So like that's why we that's why we called it that because everybody has this like cultural touchstone where we've all experienced something like that. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I can see and like if you think about it too, like how many times have you had a conversation and then your food comes and your food's so delicious you forgot what you were talking about. So it's <laughs> yeah, it happens. Um. Is, is this something that you guys are going to stick with as far as like this is going to be the thing you do or is it going to be something where you branch out into other categories as far as podcasting or is are you guys pretty happy with doing just this? Mm, I mean, I'm pretty happy with doing just this for now. I mean, I can barely get <laughs> these episodes out <laughs> as it stands. Um, I think this has been the most creatively fulfilled 
I've felt in a long time with a project. So I'm happy to stick with it. I'm really excited to um, try to build it a little bit and really connect with people and build the community around it. Cause I think right now it feels a little bit like talking into the void and I really want to get to know who our listeners are and what they're into and share things and be more into that. So I think that's where my energy is going right now. Um, awesome con DC in December of 2020, yes. we're going to be there. Let's talk about that. About. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Please yeah. tell me, tell everybody. Cause this is, this is like, I was so happy when you, when you told me the news of what was happening at awesome con, yeah. So go ahead and blast it to all of our listeners, too, so they know as they're listening to this podcast, who are these awesome folks and how can I meet them in person? Ah, yeah. So uh, AwesomeCon DC was originally scheduled for early May, but due to coronavirus has been postponed to uh, December 11th through 13th. Um, it's a really awesome Comic-Con in the DC area and uh, the Fick List is going to be there. And we are hosting our first ever panel, which is so exciting and also mildly terrifying. Yep. Um, <laughs> but we are, yeah, the goal with our panel, I think, is going to be to talk about a little bit what we do and then really just have like, a really dope conversation about why we love fan fiction so much and let people tell us what they love about it and share that kind of stuff. So we'll be there. Um, we have committed to the new December dates and we're very excited about it. Um, so if you want to come meet us at uh, DC awesome con, you definitely should. And here's the other thing too. We'll be there because uh -huh. as we've announced, we have our own panel as well, but I'm already clearing my schedule. I don't give a shit what's going on mm -hmm. at, at that time. <laughs> I'm going to see the fanfics panel their first ever panel and i am yeah. going to judge them so harshly no i'm just kidding As you uh, that's all we want really yeah just we just, just, yeah. just criticism and and booze and like standing up and pushing my glasses up my nose and being like um actually uh, this <laughs> yeah. we thrive yeah if you don't do that i'm going to be disappointed now okay well there we go i think <laughs> mc i think you can help me with this correct like absolutely <laughs> there you go we're we're all in on this um so how did that how did that happen how did you guys get in on on awesome con getting your own panel this was purely Aaron's tenacity. Truly, Aaron got in the in the front seat and she said, "Are you in? Are you out?" And I am in the back seat, like also being like, "Oh, hey, we should do this too." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, I started so I went to my first ever Comic Con last summer. I went to Philly Comic Con, um, Wizarding World Philly, and just fell in love with the experience so much that I was like, "Oh, I oh yeah, okay, this is a thing that I do now." And then I was like, I went to a small panel, like just a really cool panel that was about um, a org that does um, mental health and connects it to fan fandom and building community through fandom as a way of, you know, helping people through um, mental health concerns that they have. And it was a really interesting but tiny little thing. And I was like, I could do this, like not this exact topic, obviously, because their their thing was very different. But I was like, I could definitely see myself in a situation, you know, with the Fick list you know, and talking to people and hosting this thing. So when the programming application went online for AwesomeCon, I was like, hey, Alan, do you <laughs> want to be a panelist at the Comic-Con? I don't think they're going to pick us, but, you know, may as well practice putting in applications. And then we got picked and I cried and it was a very exciting afternoon. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, that was sort of the idea. We were like, well, why don't we just go meet people and talk to people in real life and connect to people that way? So it was definitely me just like filling out a Google form at three in the morning and being like, this isn't going to happen. We're just going to have to pay for tickets and it's going to be fine. And then we got picked. So now we're going and we're very excited about it. That is so cool. Like it's, there, there is that fear like MC and I have done that when we've filled out like the press applications where we want to just like go to the event and like mm -hmm. cover it and write about it and stuff like that. And like a lot of times we're just like, well, maybe they'll let us in. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just go ahead and submit this and hope to God. And like when you get accepted, it's like the coolest thing ever. You're just like, oh, my God, they think that we're cool. That's awesome. Like, right. yeah. It really is cool. No, but I'm I'm super proud that you guys are able to do that. Like that's that's awesome that you're, because you got to think like, and we've run into this before. They they look at your stuff. They look at what you are. They look at who you are, and they decide yay or nay on that. So basically, mm -hmm. like you're getting invited to the cool kids table. So bravo, good job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> uh, I'm excited about it, but also like raging anxiety. Ooh. Let's let's clear let's clarify this then too, because um not that we're like some veterans and like you know like like some like we've done a million of these things, but like I've I've done half a dozen if not more. Um, MC's been to plenty. Um, we're we're more than willing to 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 help you guys along with this. You know, like it's yeah. do not be afraid because that's the thing is, is like I said, it's the cool kid table, but 
all of those kids are dorky as hell and it's awesome <laughs> and they've all they've all been where you've been before and like that's the other thing that that's great about this is this community podcasting in general but also like the geeky community for the most part creators are super supportive of each other like you'll you'll get to meet all the people that we're doing this with and they're they'll all be super friendly and, and, and awesome when it comes to this. Like if you guys need a moderator, we even know a guy who moderates those. His name is Ulysses E. Campbell. Uh, and like, yeah, you'll leave the goat. Yeah. Like he's, he's just the man. And like, if, it, yeah, you want to, you want to make yourself sound awesome. Let this guy introduce you. Cause he's got that awesome radio guy voice. So yeah, we do have a moderator. Her name is Caitlin and she's like one of my best friends ever. And that's she even will, better. she will fight anybody who tries to take that moderator title from her. Hey, that's, that's even better. Like having yeah. somebody that knows your stuff and is a good friend. Yeah. Like yeah, truly. But... And our number one fan, she listens to our raw audio. Does she yeah. really? Bless her. Yeah. Just cause she wants to hear it. Oh, <laughs> oh Caitlin. I love you so much. Um, that is fantastic though. Yeah, no, we're super excited about this. I mean, I sort of joking anxiety aside, we are, I'm, I could not be more thrilled at the opportunity to really have this chance. Like we're just, I'm just so excited about it. Really? Oh yeah. 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 yeah no, you guys, you definitely should be cause you guys are doing, you're doing good stuff. And I think once more people find out about it, you're just going to grow exponentially. You'll be the, the, the biggest thing in DC since uh, a half smoke <laughs> with chili and cheese on it from uh... a, <laughs> I just blanked on the name of the place now. Why did I just blank on the name of the damn place? Thanks, Ben's Chili Bowl. I had this great analogy. I'm like, oh, it's a great DC analogy. And then I trip all over it. So That's comforting. (laughs) Alan's like curling into a ball over there. I can feel it. (laughs) It'll be good. It's not not just you guys. Um, Thank you, guys. We we appreciate you coming on. Uh, We appreciate what you're doing, too, because, like, it's always awesome seeing people because there's so much of the podcasting world is dominated by people who are already famous, who are like, oh, remember me from this TV show or remember me from this? Remember me from that? And they just have this built in fan base. And like when you hear that, like, oh, this is the number one podcast on iTunes. That's really not that impressive because you already had a built in audience. Mm-hmm. But like seeing people who built it from the ground up and have gained a following and are gaining listeners like that's that's impressive. So like you guys should always be proud of what you're doing because you did this from scratch, whereas other people have like professionals helping them do it. Mm-hmm. We appreciate that. That's that very nice. Like so kind. Yeah, <laughs> <Thank I guess. laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're MC and I are big supporters of um, independent uh, creators because it, we we are we, you know we do this in our free time so yes. we uh to quote uh letter kenny we appreciates you so you guys keep doing what you're doing thank you no but thank hey, you so much for having us because this has been course. it's so nice to like talk to like-minded people and you know sort of expand our reach too so this has been great yeah truly before we go give a plug tell the folks where they can find your awesome podcast and how they can follow you and all of your uh fan fiction shenanigans you guys are doing Alan. <laughs> oh, really? Okay, sure. Um, great. So you can find the Fick List. Uh, we're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on SoundCloud. Um, you can interact with us on Twitter. Actually, please interact with us on Twitter. By us, I mean Erin, because she's the only one who really interacts. Uh, um, we also have a Tumblr, by the way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I haven't logged onto the Tumblr in about three months, but if you want to add us on Tumblr, I always post cross-post the else. audio there. Yeah. And we're truly trying to like reach out because we realized after we finished our first season that we kind of stuck to the fan the fandoms that we know explicitly really well. Um, but we're trying to branch out and like explore different fandoms. But the only way to do that is if other people tell us, oh, read this, because otherwise we will stay in our comfort zone. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, guys, um, Aaron, Alan, they're awesome. The fanfic. Check them out. Follow them, subscribe them, like them, love them, tweet them, send them all sorts of crazy shit. Um, because, yeah. hey, like-minded folk, we got to do what we can to help each other out. Uh, guys, this has been another episode of Mike on the Mic slash The Overflow, or as we like to call it, Overflow on the Mic. We'll uh, close you out here with another mashup that we have here, uh, as we like to do. Um, but for all of us here at GGR and for our friends from the fanfic, um, have a great the weekend. List. The, the fanfic, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I'll let it go once. <laughs> Did I say the fanfic? Good uh-huh. lord. <sighs> so I guess I am going to have to edit this episode. <laughs> no, leave it in. It's funny. <laughs> no, no, no. Leave it. Uh, 
The Fick List. Holy crap. It's The Fick List. It's on Twitter. You literally look at The Fick List on Twitter. I'm pulling it up right now just so I can make sure <laughs> that I'm not saying something stupid because I've already done that twice today. So it's at Fick List. F-I-C-L-I-S-T. Check them out. They're awesome. Um, make sure you're listening to them as, as often as you possibly can. But for all of us at GGR, for the two podcasters at The Fick List who are doing awesome things, my name is Mike Lunsford. Don't be a juice bag. And remember, wash your damn hands. Chubby waist, thick legs in shape, rump shaking both ways, make you do a double take. Planet rocker, showstopper, flow proper, head knocker, beat scholar, tail dropper, do my thing, motherfucker. Rolls Royce, Lamborghini, Blue Medina, always beaming, rag top, chrome pipes, blue lights out of sight. Long way, sold in, say it again, sold in, make that money, throw it in, booty bouncing, going in. Thank you for listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Make sure you check out our website, greatgeekrefuge.com, for all of our awesome articles and wonderful podcasts. This has been Pirate Radio Network production juice bags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy.